Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can just feel free to drift off. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope that you will listen and sleep. Follow us on iTunes, rate us, Twitter, at listen and sleep. Of course, this is the Insomnia Project. And tonight's episode is brought to us by Bark. Box. That's right, BarkBox. If you have a furry friend or pet that happens to be a dog, you'll want to go to Get Bark, like a dog's bark, getbarkbox.com slash The Insomnia Project, because you can get a 6- or 12-month subscription and get one month free. So your little pooch will be getting all kinds of goodies in the mail, and you'll get an extra month. And so, since Christmas is around the corner, it might be the gift that you want to get for your pooch. Or any occasion, really. It doesn't have to be Christmas for people who don't celebrate it. It could be a Hanukkah gift. Oh, it could be a... Very good. Uh, I don't know. Kwan, there's Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Sure. I don't know if you give gifts for any any occasion you want to might want to give your pooch a gift. <laughs> Look at BarkBox. I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming... You just heard him speak, actually. David Sklar, a good friend of mine someone who's recently become a good friend of mine, uh, to the show. Welcome, David. Hello, Marco. How are you doing? Not too bad. David and I are performing in a show uh, together. And actually, our listeners have listened to a couple of our castmates. Excellent. I'm quite fortunate because I have this sort of, you know, source of people I can have on the podcast. David, we were just chatting. You said that you're a puzzler. Is that right? Is that the term? Uh, I think that's the term. I would assume that's the term. So what does that mean? Because it's a new term for me. Well, it's it's jigsaw puzzles, and I recently got introduced to it. You know, I remember growing up, and my mother would always be at home doing puzzles, big thousand-piece puzzles. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is such for old people, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, old retirees in their home. And I just always rolled my eyes at it. But recently, I found it really calming and really soothing. So I was going through a rough time recently. Okay. I was going through a rough time uh, in the past year. Mm-hmm. And I found that puzzling really helped me focus. Okay. So open this new box of a thousand pieces. You get first, oh my God, am I ever going to accomplish sure. and finish this long-term project? Yeah. So the person I said, she said it indigo, it took her about six months to finish. So I said, okay, I'm really going to, you know take take a while with this stuff but i found that 
many times people are yet frustrated because their mind is always split focused. Okay. They're in three places at once. Their mind is somewhere projecting in the future. They're worried about past events. And for some reason, when it came to a jigsaw puzzle, an hour would go by. I'd be completely content. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a meditation wow. itself. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd sit down, I'd have a, a glass of red wine with it, mm -hmm. and an hour would go by, and I would remember feeling very happy. I would just feel content as I'm putting these pieces together. And, uh, uh, yeah, just a wave of, of ease washed over myself. And it sounds very weird, but, you know, as, as I got older, I said, oh, no, I'm becoming like my mother, I guess. Wow. Yeah. But what, okay, what brought you to the puzzle? And I'm not asking what event brought you to the puzzle, but what made you think I should do a puzzle? Like, what was it that brought you to the puzzle? Yeah, um... I think two things. It would have had to be knowing that my mother did it, okay. and I never understood why or what joy it brought her mm -hmm. at all, and then seeing these beautiful pictures of very uh, wonderful, um, very famous artists like Van Gogh mm. with you know very uh, wonderful images and, and stuff that sort of just took, took my eye and, and grasped me into the scene. And I think I said, oh, I want to try this. It feels like... A, a really long-term commitment. This feels like um, uh, I'm not a big outdoorsy type of person, okay. so I'm a bit of a homebody, and I felt this is something that I can do when I'm on my own, by myself, rather than wasting time on my phone and checking Facebook sure. every, every few minutes. Uh, I didn't know if I could accomplish it, but I wanted the challenge of okay. doing it, and, uh, and it felt very good each time I did it. What was the first thousand piece you did? It would have been the Van Gogh piece. Okay. Yeah, it would have been uh, his outdoor cafe. Um, and I forget the name of the piece itself, but uh, it was featured in the movie, in the re recent Van Gogh movie that okay. they did. So just a beautiful outdoor cafe. Wow. And uh, and it took a while, but it was great. How long did it take you? About four months. Wow. Yeah, four months. And do you have that mat that allows you to roll up the puzzle? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I do now. Okay. I was stressing out about how I was going to actually do something with yeah, this. because it'll take up your table, and then you can't do anything, right? It, it, well, yeah, I had to sweep out everything from oh. my table. I had to take over an entire table, and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with it when I complete it. Am I just going to destroy it? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, very Zen Buddhist-like, you know, sure. just, tr you know, toss it away? Yeah, like they're, um, oh, do you know what it's called when they do, when they take the sand and they do... Yeah, I'm I want to say Makala, but I'm, I, I'm, I know I'm wrong in that. But anyways, yeah, yeah I, know I don't know the name of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, luckily Amazon, which supplies everything, right. uh, they, they have something for you to put your puzzle on so that it all remains secure and you can glue it on. And now it's hanging up on my wall. Have you gone to that puzzle store? And, I'm, and it's so great because I'm just pointing right now so our <laughs> listeners are like, what is he talking about? But there's that puzzle store that's that's in this Bruce Land Mall there. You know what? I keep saying I have to go. You have to go, David. Yeah. Okay, because here's the thing. Yeah. I walk in there and I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be for young kids. This sure. uh, toy store. It says toy store on it. So first thing, wall to wall to wall to wall to wall, puzzles, mm. puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. Okay. So then I look at. Are you familiar with the puzzle, the Who Done It puzzle? No, not at all. Is this okay. this is new? Exactly. So I look. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? So supposedly you put the puzzle together and as you put the puzzle together there's clues that help you solve a mystery oh. now I've never done it this is what I deduced from looking at the box so I could be totally wrong and if you have information on a who doesn't puzzle feel free to tweet us at listen and sleep 
But I was looking at it, I'm like, I want to do this whodunit puzzle. And then there's puzzles that have different countries in it. Like, it's a, you do a puzzle of a country, and yeah. each little piece tells you a little something about that place. I'm, I mean, I'm obsessed with maps, so I'm always looking at different cities. Oh, really? Oh, I love looking at maps. That's something else that really just calms me down. I, I'm, if I'm on my phone and it's not Facebook, I'm on Google Earth Maps, and just, just looking at different cities, either cities that I've been to or want to go to mm-hmm. or have never been to, and... Anytime someone talks about a city in a play or in a movie, I'm always just checking it out where that city's located and, okay. and how you get there. And I love, I'm obsessed with maps and directions and everything like really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What brought you to maps? That's a really good question. Uh, one of the first plays I wrote was called Map Addict. So it was about a boy who was obsessed with maps. His mother ran out on him, and he was trying to figure out how to find her again through little mm. clues that she might have left. So it was almost like a a worse version of the curious incident of the dog at nighttime was okay. was my version of it but i don't know why i became obsessed with maps but i i find it very soothing okay. very calming that if i get stressed out i just want to see different places and maybe that's to get out of your own headspace mm-hmm. to go somewhere else to imagine you're somewhere else sure uh, very George Bailey, I would say. Right, which is the character you play in it's, the show that we're doing, which is It's a Wonderful Life. Exactly. He's always talking about going to these far-flung places. Yeah. And I, I guess that's what I can really relate to the character that I'm playing. Does it matter the type of map? Like, can it be like an old-timey map where they draw little sea monsters on it? Or is it more of a modern-day map with... Well, I mean, I love looking at some of those old first-time maps and people just discovering, so I get excited. And if I had all the money in the world, I'd just take, you know, framed maps of my entire... I'd put them up in my entire living room. Um, But I love modern-day maps, and I love when things change in the world and new countries come into, like, South Sudan, which is one of the newer countries, and maps have to be updated. Right. Maps have to change, and it's very political in terms of where lines are are drawn and boundaries are drawn and who says this is your territory and whose territory does this belong to. So uh, I just love looking at different cities. I, I love countries that are sort of split in two and cities that are split in two between two different countries like right. in Denmark I think they have a few cities that are right down a coffee shop you know there's a line that says now you're in one country now right. you're in the next you can have a beer in two different countries uh, which is just so fascinating I, I become a little obsessed with that what about an elevation map how do you feel about those oh or is it like mm, that's not that's not that's where I draw the line no you pun know. intended <laughs> <laughs> that yeah I've, I don't think I've ever really taken too much care about elevation maps. I, I don't think I care how high something is. I only ask this because one time I was in, I want to say France, and I needed a map because I didn't know how to get from France. I had to get to from, from Grenoble to Italy, right. and the map I had was not good. So I go into a, a gas station, and I buy a map. And you would think at the, ma- at the gas station you would just get a regular map. I open it up. It's a elevation map. Mm-hmm. which did me no good, right? I'm like, what is this map I just bought? An elevation map. What about a treasure map? I've... Like, if like, would this be the perfect gift for someone like yourself? And, John, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I have your pr- birthday present, and I decide to put it somewhere. Somewhere in, let's say, your home city of Calgary. And I draw a map, and the map is going to bring you to your gift. Mm-hmm. Would you be like, this is awesome, or No. Oh, you know what? It might frustrate me a lot. Ooh. It might really frustrate okay. me. 
because then I'd have to think through things and, mm -hmm. you know, especially if John's giving me this kind of okay. gift, he's going to be like, so when we went on this date three years ago, because he always... No, but it would have to just be a map. Oh, okay. It would be a map. Uh -huh. You follow the line to the X. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, no. but... Uh -huh. uh, maybe. 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 If it's cold out, then no. Okay. Then I'd be really pissed off. What if the map was a puzzle map? <laughs> so it's like a treasure map that's a puzzle that you have to put together and then it reveals where your gift is. You know what? I, I want to say, like, it sounds better if I say no, yes. No, don't say You say what I is feel, true to you. But I feel I like instant gratification sometimes. Okay. And if you give me a gift, I want to see that gift right now. Okay. Because I want to know if I have to return it to the store later today. Fair enough. Because you never know, right? Okay. So I saw this map at Chapters. Yeah. And I want to see if this would be the ideal gift for you. Okay. So it's a map of the world. And it's like, you know those um, lottery tickets where you scratch to reveal? Well, this is one of those things where you scratch the country that you've been to. So on this giant map, you're scratching different places. Is that a good gift for David Sklar? I've thought about buying that exact map several times at Indigo. Okay. I want that map. But then I think, here's, here's, my, here's my dilemma sure. with this is, is it solely for you? Does it belong to you only? Or does it belong to your partner as well, too? Do like you your household, yeah. Your household. And then, but that, what does that really mean? Does right. that mean that you have to share this map? So if someone's gone there, but you haven't gone there, I, I become a little, you know, tentative about that. It's, well, I want my map for my adventures. Right. And the places I've been, you have your own map, because I don't want to share maps. So you need, like, a triptych map. One that's yours. Yeah. One that's your partner's. Yeah. And then one that's in between those two with the places that you've been together. Yeah, that's a lot. Because I've been searching for a map of just the United States where you can scratch. Because Amanda's been to all but eight states. Yeah. I don't know how many I've been to, but I want to have that so that she can scratch. But every map that I've seen has encompassed the world and isn't country-specific. So I'm looking for a country-specific U.S. scratch map. That's a really good idea. Having said that, I want to mention... Our sponsor. Oh, it has nothing to do with maps or puzzles or scratching. Well, dogs do scratch themselves. They do. And Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> Roundabout, nonetheless. But our sponsor today is BarkBox. And I love BarkBox because every month to your door, you get delivered a bunch of treats as well as a toy or two or three for your pet. And if you love your pet and you love to see the excitement on your pet, you got to give them a treat once in a while, and a great way to do that is with BarkBox. So if you go to getbarkbox.com slash The Insomnia Project, you will get one month free. So you can get a six-month or a 12-month subscription thanks to The Insomnia Project. Now I want to get back to puzzles and maps. Mm, a map about a, a puzzle about a dog. That would, that would step up the game. Have you ever done a puzzle that's a, an animal-related puzzle? No, I have not. It's generally artist puzzles. Artist puzzles. Have you ever done one of those puzzles that's just one color? Oh, God. That would be horrible. It's hard, right? Who does that? They, they exist for, for serious, you know, puzzle people. I, that's insane. Yeah? That would stress me out, I think. What about a puzzle where every puzzle piece is the same shape? Have you ever done that? Oh, no. I mean, the one I just did recently, the Van Gogh, very similar, and the colors are all mixed up, so sure. that was challenging enough, but what sick person wants to mm. do that to their puzzles? That's frustrating. That would drive me insane. What is important to you when it comes to the puzzle pieces? Size, texture, are the things you like, are the things you don't like? 
Mm. I think it has to be captivating for me. The whole big, the puzzle itself, mm. the story that this image is telling mm. is what's still going to push me through when it gets frustrating and when I get a, you know, a neck, neck pain because okay. I'm, I'm staring down the whole time. Um, so yeah, um, faces are nice. People, an event, an action sort of happening in the moment mm -hmm. is what's going to keep me going on about it. What's your approach to a puzzle? Now, do you start like when I do when I whenever I've done a puzzle, yeah. I always do border followed by inside pieces. You have, I think, I think that's, that's what you have to, to do, and that's the one lesson. So when I started this puzzle, I called my mother and I was like, "How do you do a puzzle, mom?" Okay. She's like, "Well, you start with a shout out to your mom." Oh, thanks, what, thanks, what's mom. Her, name? her, my mom's name is Risa. Risa, shout out to you and your advice. So what was Reese's advice to you? She says you always have to start with the border. Okay. You do. Um, and that way you can work inside. Otherwise, you'll be all over the place and you'll never be able to focus on anything. And you'll be jumping around the whole the whole uh, image. So she said, start with the border. And that's how you have to do it. And then you work your way in and you pick a section and you find all the colors that belong to that section. How do you pick your section? Mm, how do I pick my section? What did I do? Uh, one that looks very different from everywhere everywhere else one that's very unique so specific so specific, specific okay a specific thing if there's a, a face or a head in the lower left quarter right or if there's a, a a very if there's a big balloon in the upper right quarter or if there's a yeah an image that you or color you can't find anywhere else that's how you start okay. and it's by process of elimination and now that you have this roll up thing so you roll it out yeah do your pieces stay in the middle of the bordered puzzle that are not put together or do they stay outside and they get put in? I, um, I have a habit of losing lots of things in my life mm -hmm. and being very messy in my life. Okay. So I was very fearful that I would lose little puzzle pieces so I put them all in the box. Oh, I didn't even think about the box. I leave them in the box and then I pick them out slowly and over the period of an hour, you know, a lot of them will come out, but at the end, when I decide I'm done, I have to put them all back in the box because I would lose pieces. What's it like for you when you get to the last five pieces? <laughs> um, very sad. Oh, is it sad? It's sad because you come, oh. it, it's like you've invested almost like in a play. Sure. You've worked on this project for, for several months now, and then you know it's coming to the end. So there's this joyful sadness. Nothing is permanent, and you're going to have to move on to something else. Okay. But you come to the end of it, and you're like, there was the last piece. And then what becomes of the puzzle? Because I know some people will, like, I guess, glue the pieces down. Yeah. Some people will, I don't know, frame them. What do you do? I glue, and then I frame. So you've got your puzzle pieces framed somewhere in your home? At least. So when I left, before I came to Prince George, I found a frame. It was beautiful. Uh, I couldn't find anything to hammer, any nail or hammer in the house. So... John, my partner's mission for these past six weeks was, you have one thing to do, you better hang this poster up. So by the time I get back next week, it better be hung up in our apartment. And when you then look at this puzzle, yeah. does it bring you joy? Does it bring you satisfaction? It does. Yeah. It feels more than just a poster I found or, or an image or something I wanted to hang up, like a mm -hmm. picture. It feels like it's, a, it's beautiful, it's an mm -hmm. image. I, I like what it says, it means something to me and it's something that I participated in completing. Does it remind you of that period in your life? So for example, like when you look at a puzzle that you did maybe a couple of years ago, you think back to that moment in your life that was either joyous or not. Yeah, that's really um, true, yeah. See, I, ne I never thought I would get this in depth into puzzles, but this conversation has made me want to do a puzzle. You know what? 
for some people, I think it's very stressful. Mm -hmm. Like for John, he hates. He he tried it with me, okay. and he just got he just got super annoyed. So okay. he colors. He does coloring, meditation coloring, okay. in like coloring books. Yes. And, you know, all these things that we as an adult love doing as kids. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are rediscovering them again. Sure. Just because of how peaceful yeah. it brought us. So we each have our different things. I don't like drawing as much, but um, it's to find this sort of simplicity and focus yeah. that I think we lack so so much in our in our society. My sister is really into paint by numbers. Yeah. She's always been really into that. I don't know why, but it's her thing. And so recently I bought her two artist ones. I think one's a Van Gogh. Yeah. I don't even know if she likes Van Gogh, but I was like, this one I like, so I'll just send it to her. Because I know it's going to end up in our cottage. Like she'll, She does a lot of these paint by numbers and then frames them and they end up in our cottage, which is great. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to pick the one that I like the most to end up in our cottage. So I, I bought one that was like a couple of beach chairs at a cottage, another one which was a Van Gogh. I'm like, go nuts. So I sent it to her without telling her, just showed up on her door and she's like, this thing came to my door and I opened it up because I figured it was from you. So she started to do her, her paint by numbers. But yeah, those things are very popular. Like the, you could buy a coloring book and... They're all over stores now and you know, it's it's kind of, why? Why mm -hmm. as adults do we want these things that we had as kids? Yeah. I remember puzzling and drawing and painting as a child and uh, somehow I feel the technology that we have and our instant gratification is not everything we want and need right and it's one of the only things that i found that i could focus on without thinking about other thoughts sure were these uh, i don't know why but even when i watch tv my mom i'm next to my phone i check mm -hmm. my phone if anyone right. called me or messaged me or texted me but with a puzzle i can go an hour or two hours without thinking anything else and it's really peaceful it's like a forced time to yourself right versus anything else where you're kind of attached to something yeah whether it be a phone or the thing at the end of that Facebook post or whatnot, right? Whereas when it's you and the puzzle, it really is just you yeah. and a puzzle. For sure, yeah. for sure. So, sorry. No, go ahead. What's the current puzzle you're working on? Well, I'm in a bit of a predicament because when this show comes to an end, I sort of take off the road and I go on tour for two months. Ooh. So I can't commit to a puzzle mm. until I'm back in Calgary in March. Ooh. We were looking on. We were going online for puzzles, mm -hmm. and we were my, John and I were debating. Now John is 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 quite religious as well mm -hmm. too. So he's he's looking at images of Mary right. and Jesus, right. and he's like, I think you should puzzle this one, and and you know maybe consider this one that we can hang up. And I'm like, not mm, maybe not so much. Sure. You know, we'll find a nice artist. Uh, sure. Uh, anything you know that I find peaceful but mm. uh, we're, we're that'll be the next step figuring it out figuring it out yeah. figuring what goes up on the wall next absolutely oh isn't that fascinating um, so for our listeners someone who's gonna start puzzling what would be the advice you would give them I would have to say it's one step at a time mm -hmm. to not get frustrated to when you feel tired to take a break you're in, this is not a marathon. Okay. Sorry, this is not a race. It's 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 a it's long. It is a marathon. Okay. It's a long distance uh, event. So to really take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this giant piece of puzzle, to really relax and say we're going to build these steps little by little, and it's almost like part of life. That's mm -hmm. how you do life. You can't get everything you want right away. Right. And it's going to grow. And when you get tired and your neck starts to hurt or your knees start to hurt mm -hmm. if you're on the floor. And that's when you can pack it up and put it away. What a great metaphor for life, too. Yeah. What wine pairs best with a puzzle? 
Or does it depend on the puzzle? Oh, that is a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, I'm a red fan. Okay. So I was having a lot of Argentinian wine okay. as, a, as a puzzle. Just, just my preference. Sure. But it feels full, you know, full-bodied, and yeah. it feels like an event. You're having an event. Um, but drink in moderation as you puzzle, for sure. Tell me about Map Attic. Oh, yeah. You kind of just briefly mentioned it, but I want to know more about this play you wrote. Well, it was one of the first plays I wrote while I was in theater school, mm-hmm. and um, it was in a v- it was about a boy whose mother ran out on him and his father, mm-hmm. and he was obsessed with maps at the same time too, and I was probably channeling that and his obsession with it, and he set out to find her wherever she is, okay, and making whether whether these little objects that he found were actually clues or whether he decided to, to make them clues in his mind and whether he actually will find his mother or not. So going on the journey of, of traveling and discovering different places and starting in his hometown and saying, oh, this means something for sure to deal with his loneliness and isolation and to really give him that, to really, that was his sort of waking every day. He was going to... F- do one more thing to find his mother because he know he could find his mother wow yeah and where can we see this play on my laptop okay fair enough <laughs> fair enough it sounds like a fascinating premise yeah yeah it was really great to write um i uh when i write i i tend not to submit all my stuff all the time and i'm very selective in in what i want to send out to the world but this one has sort of hung in the in the back for a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see it come to life. Maybe. Like a puzzle in yeah, the future. Absolutely. David Sklar, I want to thank you so much. Thank you. I never thought puzzles would be so fascinating. So thank you for that. I'm a fan of maps, so I always thought maps were kind of cool. But yeah. now I have appreciation for, a new appreciation for puzzles. David Sklar, thank you so much. Thank you, Marco. We recorded this episode in Prince George, British Columbia. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions.